Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Westworld Westcast podcast. I'm your host, Carmine. That never gets old. Carmine of Red Team <laughs> Review. I'm joined here once again by the lovable Preston Jacobs. Uh, we're back to discuss episode did you say, five. Did you say the lovable Preston Jacobs? Lovable Preston. Lovable Preston Jacobs, yes. Oh, oh, oh. I, I thought you said lovable. Lovable. Like, yes, I, 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 I'm, I'm cuddly and lovable. I, I, I would say so. Uh, guys, welcome back. We're discussing episodes five and six. As always, SoundCloud, iTunes, you know the whole thing. Uh, we uploaded episodes four, two, three, and four on my channel. Uh, check that out if you haven't already. For those of you who are confused, because this is five and six. Okay, so Preston, episode five first, shall we? Okay. Let me do the synopsis. Uh, Sarek recounts the creation of Rehoboam, uh, which he intended to use to prevent humanity from destroying itself. Rehoboam identifies individuals deemed high-risk, including his own brother, John, at least one of whom would destroy the world if left unchecked. Sarek incarcerates them to prevent Rehoboam's prediction from coming true. Meanwhile, Dolores and Caleb escape with Liam while pursued by Sarek's agent and join Ash and Giggles, the two uh, criminals from the app. <laughs> Is that their names? Mm -hmm. yeah, I, never, I never knew that. They, okay. they convince him to give his private key. Uh, they convince Caleb and Dolores convince Liam Jr. to give his private key to evade Sarek's men, which also allows Martin and Bernard to access Reho... Rehob Fuck, hold on. Let me... I had it! Rehoboam. Rehoboam? Rehoboam. Yes. I, so I'm, I'm on my uh, latest video on Westworld on my channel, and uh, shout out to Nick Mansuri, who uh, helped me pronounce it. I pinned his comment. Uh, <laughs> uh, so that before they uh, uh, allows Martin and Bernard to access Rehoboam, uh, Martin and Dolores. Martin sends Dolores files on Sarek from Rehoboam before sending every individual on the planet the data and plans uh, and plans Rehoboam has on them, and the world descends into chaos, which I found hilarious. We'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> yes. uh, Stubbs arrives to free Bernard, and Martin instructs them to find Sarek's facility where he kept high-risk individuals. Uh, Martin then sacrifices himself and kills several of Sarek's agents in a violent explo explosion. Uh, when Dolores reports Liam is no longer necessary, Ash kills him for what she has discovered, but reveals there is more to Caleb than he knows, while Liam soon mumbles Caleb's past to him and dies. So, okay, you, when you first saw the episode, you hit me up, yeah. or I hit you up, and uh -huh. then you told me you, th you thought the editing of this episode was very weird? Yeah, so the, there... The big thing, the selling thing of the episode is that, that they're they're doing this genre drug, right? Mm -hmm. And they are they are hopping through these different genres, um, and it's supposed to be kind of fun. It, it, I I think it it didn't really come off. I don't think they landed it, and I think one of the reasons they didn't land it is that they kept editing back and forth between Caleb's. Uh, perspective on everything mm. and everybody else's perspective. So you, you're kind of jumping in and out of this genre, these genres, um, which which kind of loses the whole feel to it. Like at the beginning, when like that first genre is noir, and I never felt <clears throat> like it was noir. Like I felt it was black and white with some like screeching music. It didn't feel noir. Like maybe if I were with Caleb exclusively longer it would have felt like that do you think like, do you think through each genre they all should have like 
had like noir like costumes or as each genre like continues on the costumes should have changed like to everybody else everybody's just normal in the future but as caleb's experiencing the drug everybody's like dressed differently and it's just they're talking differently that would have been fun that would have been fun i mean anything to get you more in the mood of the genre i never felt like i was in a genre Mm -hmm. (laughs) like when people said like like at the beginning like okay it's noir it kept flashing back and forth between black and white and color. So I never lost myself in, in the noir. I never felt I was in that genre. They didn't do anything either, except for him being paranoid for a second at some two people walking. But it was also really tough because like, Aaron Paul was constantly doing this mouth thing because he was on drugs. Mm-hmm. And that took me out of it. I'm like, well, if he's in film noir, would he really be acting like he's on drugs constantly like that that doesn't you know that doesn't feel like film noir so i didn't feel like i was in the genres ever um then they did the, the, you know they kind of went from that to this flight of the valkyrie action thing right and it didn't i think that was the that was probably the best landed one um just because of the music and the and and the action scene but it still wasn't it wasn't perfect. That was probably the best one. And then after that, like you have to ask people, like what genre were they trying to do? I didn't even you know? pay attention or care. Like I just, I just didn't even care. Cause you're right. It was kind of a, a poor job that they were doing. And quite frankly, Watchmen did it better when Angela goes <laughs> through her thing. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, Watchmen my. did it <laughs> yeah. way. It's like so much better. I thought, I remember when we were like, we got the preview for Angela's like, you know, her, her experiencing the drug. And I remember seeing the teaser for the episode and telling you like, I'm just not excited for it. And then you watch yeah. it and it's like, whoa, okay. Okay. This is, this is actually pretty fun. This is actually pretty cool. Um, they had this chance to do something like that, but they didn't. I don't know why they could have, yeah. but like someone would have to tell me. So when they walked onto the subway, they started playing this music and I, you know, I definitely felt like, okay, this is definitely a genre of some sort, but someone would have to tell me what that genre was supposed to be because it wasn't obvious. And even at the end, supposedly when they're on the beach, they're, they're playing music from The Shining, and thus it's supposed to be suspense or horror. Um, but it didn't really feel like it. It's been a long time I mean, since people, I've seen The Shining, so... Uh. Yeah, also people, like Liam dying on the beach, like people were dying throughout the episode... Um, you know, was I, was I supposed to, I mean, I guess I kind of felt bad that Liam was dying, but he was such a, he was such a snotty brat the entire episode, kind of out of character from the previous episodes that, you know, I I didn't know, I didn't know how we were supposed to feel about him dying on the beach at the end. When they were on the beach, did you notice that guy in the background in his suit walking like towards the ocean? Yes, and he disappears. Yeah, Yeah, I guess he he supposedly just walked into the ocean because... The, the character disappeared, so I'm not sure what he was doing. I guess he was committing suicide by walking into the ocean. Mm-hmm. A lot of suicides. But, but, yeah, too many suicides, right? <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to we'll get to the 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 big boom. Well, if, if and, since we're on the beach scene, um, another editing okay. thing I thought was weird was she she shoots him in the stomach and or in the chest, but like she has her gun aimed at his head. Yeah. What was that? And. I, I don't know. So right now there's all these inconsistencies that if this were first season, where in first season they were, they were a little more careful, 
Um, and so when people are like, oh my gosh, the Westworld logo is different in this scene than it is from this scene, and all the milk can is different in this scene than it is in this scene, I think there's two timelines, you know? Right now, there's all these inconsistencies. Um, and the, one of the big ones is, is the, the two Charlotte Hale videos. Or, or here, like someone shooting with the gun and it ending up in the stomach. Now, maybe it's because Caleb actually did the shooting the whole time, or maybe because they're just sloppy. There, there's just a whole bunch of stuff that's just sloppy. And I, I don't want to like, jump too far ahead, but there's, there's just real timing issues with the last episode that don't, that don't make any sense. That I, un, unless these are simulated realities and more events are happening, parallel events or something, because the timeline-wise, nothing makes sense. But I love, we'll, I love we'll how that in a these are probably all just mistakes. And, right. and, and then the, the showrunners are like, uh, yeah, there's, there's actually something behind that. And they're just trying to hide it and mask their mistakes. They're just they're yeah. fuck-ups. <laughs> and we get, we get into this when, we do, when, I, when, I do, when I do a lot of my Game of Thrones uh, ice and fire theorizing, right? A lot of times... You know, I'll find something that doesn't make sense and try to make sense of it. And sometimes people say, well, maybe George just made a mistake. And that's, that's, a, that's a very valid thing. Didn't he change very, someone's, like, eye color one time and then rechanged it or something like that? He, he did. I mean, there, I, I could go on and on about various mistakes that were made um, by George R. R. Martin. I mean, Jingle Bell is not mentally challenged in A Clash of Kings, and then all of a sudden he's mentally challenged in, in A Storm of Swords. Um, uh, Trying to figure out the age of Oberyn Martell's mother is impossible. Um, it doesn't make any sense at all. How so? And oh, so keep in mind that Oberyn Martell is is like forty is is in his forties, and Doran Martell is ten years older than him. Okay. Okay, and Tyrion is only in his twenties, and yet the Princess of Dorne the mother of Oberyn and Doran, uh, was a handmaiden with um, Joanna Lannister. And it's presented like they were both girls serving um, Elia Martell in King's Landing. But like, it doesn't really make sense because there's like a 30-year difference between... <laughs> Like Ober, like Oberyn Martell's and Doran Martell's mother and Joanna Lannister, mm. and like there's, I, I, and I've even read people's theories about like, oh, well, the only way to make this work is that if if Doran and Oberyn are only half brothers and things like this, or and you're like, no, no, none of that makes sense. <laughs> like it just, <laughs> at some point, you just got to go. George R. R. Martin fucked up. Yeah, like, he really fucked up and didn't didn't think about it enough and. You, you know, you're trying to make sense of it. Now, with Westworld, there's all these mistakes that th this season, that, like, there's just a lot. And I don't know if it's, like, because they're simulated realities. You, yeah, you don't know if yeah. it's, like, on purpose or it's just a simple mistake. Yeah. <laughs> so you also messaged me, or no, you hit me up. We, I hit you up on call yesterday on Facebook, and you are asking me, with episode five in the very beginning, because it takes place with the Brazilian president in the future and Sarek. <laughs> and you're like, yo, did you understand the Brazilian president speaking Brazilian Portuguese? And for those of you who don't know, I was born in Brazil. I am Brazilian. Um, I could not understand a single word of his fucking Portuguese, but, but Sarek's Portuguese was fantastic. 
Isn't that really ironic that that the French guy the French, is speaking better Portuguese than than the guy that's supposed to be Portuguese? That, that was utterly utterly ridiculous, utterly ridiculous. And I and I gotta <laughs> say now now we're talking about Sarah because we're gonna go back and forth in a lot of places. He is literally the worst villain, one of the worst villains I've ever seen. Because someone on my Discord said like. Sarah can't even stop, like, a couple of people from exposing all this stuff and just ruining all his plans. But if Bill Gates really wanted to, he could probably have me and all my friends killed. And I, I completely agree with that. Sarah right. is, like, the richest man on the planet, and he can't even... He's getting outsmarted at every single turn. Yeah, and, and this, is, this is the problem with Westworld in general, is that Westworld establishes this all-powerful, all-seeing police state big brother kind of system and then immediately says no 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 actually it's not like that at all and and you're like oh then what were we doing you know like like think about first season right in the first episode they kind of established that oh they've they're watching every part of the park they're watching all of the guests and all of the hosts have different loops and if they go outside of their loops like the system will know and then they're going to catch them and it's a prison and the hosts have to escape this prison. Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay, and what immediately happens? Well, what immediately happens is Felix and Sylvester start fucking around like nobody's fucking business in, in the basement doing all sorts of God knows what. And nobody know, like, and nobody's aware. Like Felix and Sylvester get away with everything. And yet, and yet they establish that there's cameras everywhere. And, and so it's the same thing, like Sarek is established as, oh, this guy, if you, if you get into an ambulance, he's going to know you're in that ambulance, and then he's going to send people to kill you in that ambulance. Mm -hmm. But he doesn't know that, like, Dolores has been following around Liam for three months and trying to steal his money and outbid him for Delos and, you know, all sorts of stuff where you're like, how, how could Sarek be blind to that? Like, he would have to be an idiot. But that that's what doesn't make any sense, because once again, richest man in the world. Yet this is all just kind of new to him. Right. I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, there's times where he, say, he says, like, activate all of our assets in L.A. and try to get like and try to get Dolores and Liam. Now, if I'm thinking a trillionaire, activate all your assets in, in L.A. I'm thinking there should be like an army of 100 dudes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Come, he should have a private yeah, army. Instead, it's like six guys and three cars, you know, <laughs> and they all who are all completely incompetent. Who try their very best to shoot two people for like three minutes, and they all miss. Right, and they can't hit the side of a barn with a machine gun, you know. <laughs> Me meanwhile, a couple of criminals like do headshots and take them out. Mm -hmm. Just like, uh... <laughs> should be hiring those people instead. But uh, okay, so Sarek wants to prevent the world's annihilation because he feels like these outliers, uh, Rehobam, uh, hold on, let me just, uh, <clears throat> Rehobam, Reho, Rehobam, 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 <laughs> love of God. So this, I swear to God, this Wikipedia synopsis says this fucking name as many times as it can just to fuck with me. Uh, just, say, just say the supercomputer. The supercomputer, thank you, Preston. See, this is why I love you. The supercomputer uh, has deemed these people outliers because they might be responsible for the destruction of humanity in the future. I like the theory that that is not true, 
that is not the case, that those people will actually save humanity. And what the supercomputer computer really wants to prevent is uh, it's shut down because mm. perhaps Sarek's brother, because it names Sarek's brother, its creator, as one of those outliers that might destroy humanity in the future. Now, that's, that doesn't make any sense. He created yeah. the machine. Yeah. Maybe, just maybe, in the future, he might come to realize that the supercomputer is evil itself and might want to shut it down and maybe the computer itself realizes this and has predicted that and is trying to prevent that from happening because apparently according to liam jr all these outliers they're either disposed of one way or another they're either sent to uh hazardous danger right. zones or war zones and whatnot and uh yeah so that's my that's, that would, a, that's be, an that would be an interesting like. end we only, we only have two episodes left but um I'm a little annoyed that that concept contradicts last season's like big reveal. Like last season's big reveal is that humans are simple and they don't have free will, and hosts are complicated and they do have free will. And so it kind of would make sense starting out that Rehoboam could predict everything because humans are simple. But the minute Dolores is in the is in the game. Now the future can't be predicted. That would all make sense, but that's not what we've been presented now. Well, I mean, Sarek goes back and forth between two stories, but now the story is a certain number of human beings are unpredictable and can't can't be predicted, or and may have free will, while the rest of while the ninety nine percent don't, or will always like try to rebel against the system. Right, but then. Even though Sarek doesn't identify himself as an outlier, he acts with free will and does something beyond the, the simulation by killing Liam's father. I still think that there's also two timelines with Sarek, that the timeline where he kills Liam's father, obviously he's physically taking the man's head and bashing it on the plane. Uh, but at the same time, I think the timeline now, Sarek is not there. We see kind of glimpses of this in uh, several of these episodes, even this this one from last uh, from this past uh, couple of days ago. He's, he's always a hologram. He's never there in person, almost never. It could be just Sarek is dead, and it's the supercomputer projecting his image. Yeah, the, the, that's a big theory that that, that uh, Sarek is actually an avatar. Um, Sarek does take the knife from from Maeve's hand when when he freezes her. Oh yeah, that so, is true. Now you know one could argue that she was still in a simulation or something, mm -hmm. you know, and that thus he was able to touch her. But um, the uh, I don't know. But she doesn't. She doesn't. We have no scene of her like moving into another physical body, but yeah, now he he also shoots. Um, he's able to hold a gun and shoot Jiang in the head. So that could also be like apparently they they can put on contact lenses or glasses and like he's there. So that could also mm. be something like that. Yes, I mean some people were wondering if Jiang that whole thing was was actually augmented reality. Mm-hmm. So in, in the most recent episode, uh, the man in black gets augmented reality therapy, though there's nothing in his therapy that's augmented. It's just virtual reality. Right. So the, the difference between augmented reality and, and virtual reality is augmented reality is you're looking around, but you, you've added a few things on top of the world that's, that's already there. 
So for instance, if you're walking on the street and then an arrow appears and goes ding, this is the door you should walk in, that arrow would be an augment versus virtual reality, the whole thing is fake, right? And so the man in black, except for the one scene where like young man in black like leaves the room, nothing was augmented. It was all, it was all virtual reality, but, um, but one, one could argue that the entire scene with Jiang, like none of them were there and that was all augmented. Like the room was actually, was actually empty and you know, those are all holograms or something. He, he could be making Maeve think that she left the server, the, the simulation. She could be making, he could be making Maeve think that. So yeah, mm-hmm. no, I mean, that's all, that's all true. Um, but you know, I, I, I don't know. We're, we'll see. They've been playing it pretty straight that, that this is all the real world and that the simulated world has the black box, like that's the letterbox thing. So We'll see. Well, two episodes left. Who knows? I will say th- what Dolores does this episode, uh, in episode five, where she reveals the da- the data to everybody and gives everybody like like their all their profiles. That yeah. seems like a move she normally you would do at the very last episode. You know, like checkmate. I've won. Presses the button. Everybody gets it, and he's like, no. Like that seems yeah. like normally in a normal show or movie, that seems like what would happen, right? Everybody gets it, but then everybody gets it, and this, and like the mid, almost like the a little, a little past the 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 mid, the midpoint, and all of a sudden society starts to collapse. Everybody in that train car is an asshole, or have a has this. A, this is this is actually you know it's funny because because like I'm super overly critical, but I, I use my wife as like a gauge of of what like a, a regular viewer is going to tolerate. So my wife finishes the episode with me and she's like, why did everybody have a horrible life? Like, isn't there one person that's like, oh, you know, at work, pretty good worker, projected to live until their 80s. Like, you know, like every single person's life was a tragedy. You know, they're all committing suicide. Shouldn't it be that 95% of people are perfectly fine? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that, uh, that supercomputer is kind of a dick because one woman had apparently some kind of disorder or some kind of like weird like disease going on and apparently she's not supposed to procreate so i wonder if yeah. she tries to like have a kid will the will the supercomputer come in step in and try to prevent that in in any way possible at this I, this point it's yeah. it's now trying to like cut into people's lives in a very uh very, very, very horrifying so, way. So if you read Caleb's tablet, like the really small print, you'll see his relationship history. And it'll say like, was in a relationship like last year for like three months, ended by Caleb. And then the next one says like, in a relationship for a few months. And then like, it, it, the, the text is kind of cut off, but it's like, inter like system intervened or something i and so i think like the system broke him up with his girlfriend oh shit um somehow you know to make sure that he wasn't procreating i don't know how like you'd stop somebody if you they wanted to procreate i mean come on it's it's pretty easy to go out and get pregnant or get somebody pregnant you would think it's, so but uh, in the in, in this future where everything is like hardwired to each other i wouldn't be surprised if even if the milk cartons had computer chips in it uh <laughs> via that Simpsons episode. Um, yeah. I mean, 
I, maybe it's possible, but everyone in that train car had just like a really awful future ahead of them. Yeah, I'm also confused about the, the privacy issue. So why is it that the mother has access to the daughter? And then in the newest episode, the husband has access to his wife, the psychiatrist. So it's like, so certain people are able to have access to other people's. Like you're able to get your family members or your significant others. Um, or the, um, what, what's her name? Giggles. She was able to get her brother's profile. Yeah. You know, like what, what, you know, how related do you have to be to access somebody else's profile? I think you have to be that's, blood that's... related. I, I, so I'm a little confused on that. Did Dolores give everyone their own profiles or their own profiles and their blood relations profiles? Apparently, their blood relations and and their spouses, you know. So, um, okay, okay, I understand that. Yeah. But what I don't understand is, and I saw your video by the way. You you comment on how it's kind of ridiculous. Like they go into the train at night and then they come out. It's like fucking daytime. It's not even dawn. Yeah. It's like yeah. like midday. It's actually sun. It's actually sunset when they go to the beach, which is ridiculous. <laughs> Um, but society starts collapsing as soon as they leave the train. Like people are just going out of their minds, insane. And I, I don't know if it would happen that fast. Yeah, I mean, nothing, nothing. Like in the next episode, you see like a guy in a suit walking on the street, like all angry at his phone. And I'm like, how did? Wait, he? If she released it before dawn, like while they're on that train. Then how is he, like, he got up and, like, got in his suit and then was on his way to work and then, like, looks at the thing and he's still angry about it, like, hours <laughs> later? I don't... Uh, it's so weird. It's just all the extras are so weird. Uh. What else did I want to talk about? Um, okay, so <laughs> Dolores, Sarek out of the way, Caleb. Do you like Sarek's aging, by the way? Sarek aging from, like... I don't know if he's in his like late twenties to like his fifties, <laughs> while his brother doesn't age at all. Is Caleb a host? Like, what did Liam said by "You did it"? I'm assuming he meant Caleb was the one that killed his friend, but I think Sarek Sarek said that it's not just that the indi- the the outliers um, altogether prevent or all the outliers altogether cause society's collapse. He said within the pool of outliers, there is an individual who will bring about society's collapse. Mm. And so I think there's a very special outlier. Um, the other outliers are fine, but he's got he's to nip it in the bud, so he's got to take out all of the outliers to get Because he doesn't know which one it is. He doesn't know which one it's, mm-hmm. it is. So maybe that, that Liam is aware that there is a, someone who is going to bring down society. So maybe he thinks it's Caleb. However, the simulations all show society going downhill in 200 years. So, you know, it's, the person shouldn't even be alive right now. True. The, uh, yeah, that is also true. Yeah. I mean, maybe they can curb that uh, that person from being born if they take out his ancestors, his or her ancestors. John, you know, they want a Sarah Connor. They want a Sarah Connor. <laughs> <laughs> Ironically... Sarek mentions privacy laws um, in episode yeah. five. So uh, the other thing that I also wanted to discuss is the whole thing with Bernard. Um, Bernard seems he opposes Dolores, but she doesn't go out of her way to stop him. In fact, she lets him go several times. Right. Um, yeah. So we don't know what Dolores's plan with Bernard is. Just that she has one. I actually have a theory about it's, that. Um, okay. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. 
Oh, well, I was going to say that I was actually going to get into one of the weird contradictions of of episode five and six together about Bernard's path and where he's going. But um, I don't know if it's the time, but it's a... Uh, it's, it's about, like, how Bernard found out where the man in blacks, insti- like, is institutionalized. So, like, we see that right after Martin Dolores releases the information, he says, oh, by the way, here is this information on this, like, institution. And that's the institution where the man in black is. And so Bernard's like, okay... And so he goes off on his, his mission to get to the Man in Black. And in the next episode, we see him arriving at the institution and he finds the Man in Black. You think it's the institution where uh, Sarah keeps all the outliers? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Um, however, in, in episode six, Charlotte finds out where the institution is and lets the other Doloreses know because of the tracker. But... She, she does that, like, well after Bernard has already found out about it from Martin Dolores. So it's like the timeline is completely, completely and utterly off. Like, we actually see the, uh, the, the, um, that it's in the afternoon when, when Charlotte finds out where the man in black is located to tell the other, to tell the other Doloreses, but Martin Dolores seemed to already have that information to give to Bernard. Mm-hmm. So it's all like it, the events are all out of order. And I don't, and I don't know if this is a clue or if it's just a fuck up. I think it's a fuck up. I, I, I really do think that the showrunners are getting away with a lot of these fuck ups because everybody will start to theorize on said fuck up as an actual hint of what's to come. Because I will commend the show for being able to tell a story through music. I've noticed mm. this. They, they can do this very nicely. Um, someone was telling me how they got a clue as to like who the, the all the other hosts really was that they're all Dolores because every time they came on Dolores's music would play this is before uh, the big yeah. reveal so I do like yeah. how they use the music to tell the story except for this episode where they kind of fucked it up with Caleb it's weird um so there there was some sleuth finding that <clears throat> that that um found out the second round of mystery hosts it's like they're really doing this twice they're mm-hmm. like you know Dolores is a bunch of mystery hosts who are they we have to wonder for many episodes, and that Maeve has a bunch of mystery hosts. Who are they? Well, um, people, people, uh, people found out, and this is another problem: is the contradictions, right? So, Maeve asks to have uh, three hosts um, built, and so you know we know one of them is Hector. Hector, and the other one is Clementine. Actually, it's it's, it's confirmed. Right. So it's confirmed because they looked at the host number. And it matches Clementine. Plus, it's just logical. Right. Who else would it be? Like, if I... I mean, you know, when you think of Maeve's crew, you think Hector, Armistice, and Clementine, right? Armistice. Who is that again? Um, oh, I forgot. Armistice is the, is the blonde. Hector is Hector's second. Armistice. Is is she the one who was... No, that's not her. Oh, the one with the scar... With the, with the, um, the birthmark. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. With the big tattoo down her back. Oh, okay. I thought it was... Is it a birthmark or a tattoo on her face? She, uh, she has a snake, yeah, that comes up the back and then kind of goes onto her face. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, you're correct. That wasn't the, she the snake thing that doesn't make sense in the first season because you know the maze isn't a thing. 
but for some reason there was a riddle that, that the man in black followed about <laughs> going down and finding a snake. Right, right. So when you think of Maeve's crew, right, Maeve, Maeve's crew is, is Felix Sylvester, who are humans, so that, it can't be them. Mm-hmm. You know, Hector, Hector and Armistice, and then, and then Clementine from the, from the bar is, is her friend. And then, you know, who else would be the, Then maybe the Japanese crew. The, yeah, the Shogun and, world of people. But they were in like, like two or three episodes. They don't really matter. Right. And, and, and Lee Sizemore. I was going to say so, maybe a Keichita, but he's gone. Right. But a Keichita is in, yeah, in, the, um, in, in the Valley Beyond. So the, the logical thing is, is her, it's going to be Hector. It would be Hector Armistice and Clementine. But then again, can you really trust Armistice to do what you want? But then again, she's very, she's very talented in killing people. So I don't know. Um, Clementine, because you love her. Uh, but so they, they, they track down Clementine's number and it matches. But the problem is, is that Maeve's number, and we know that they're building a host. We're, we know that they're building a body for Maeve, but Maeve's number doesn't match Maeve's number from the first season. So you're like, oh, so that one's a fuck up. Like we find, we find this really, you know, detailed thing that it's in one scene on a tablet People knew Clementine's number, and they matched it to the, to the machine. And, and you can use that, that detail to, like, determine that it's Clementine. But then on this other one, they fucked up, and they didn't use the same number. It could so be I that the showrunners are just fucking with you guys. Because, I, honestly, I would do that if I was a showrunner. Because I know you guys <laughs> love to, like, dig deep down and, like, you know, put a, uh, put a mic magnifying glass on everything. I would just fuck with you, like... You know, like have her, have the actress wear contact lenses. You know, have different color eyes, just to mess with people, just to fuck oh, with God. people because it's funny. Yeah, yeah. So my theory with Bernard is that um, I think uh, we still don't know anything about the fifth pearl, right? Right. We know nothing about the fifth pearl. It's either it's probably not even a host. I personally think it's a key. Either that or Bernard is the key. I mean. Because if you think about it, like, why else isn't she taking him out? It's likely the reason Bernard is, like, allowed to kind of keep his consciousness and sense of identity. But at the same time, I also think it's because she can't copy herself onto his pearl. It's special. So she needs the key, and she knows Bernard will always come back to her no matter what. She can't have it around her, the key, because it might fall into the wrong hand or other unknown players might intervene and take it. Like Sherloris, who seems to be breaking away from her control, kind of. So Dolores is probably counting on Bernard to always come back to her, and which which means the key will always be within her reach. She can accurately predict his every move. So she's probably predicted that he'll always come and stop her in his own way, but at the same time avoid detection by trying to stop her in a very stealthy way. So in a sense, Bernard is out of sight, but within hers at the same time, because, you know, he's always trying to come back, come back to her. So maybe he's the key. Yeah, it, it it could be that she she printed the key onto him instead of her. Like she she didn't want to trust herself, or she didn't she feared that she would be caught or killed, mm-hmm. um, and to put the key somewhere else. Because at some point, Maeve asks for the key, and Dolores denies her. Um, and so maybe she she had to deny her because she was with Bernard. The other idea is that that it could be. I mean, obviously, the man in black could be. A, a host um, and because there is still the huge mystery of of the end of season two like nothing makes sense where the man in black gets up goes into the elevator 
and then we don't see him for two weeks, and he's and he's on the beach with with Stubbs. So, like, what did Dolores do to him? You know, how did that interaction go? What about the fidelity with his daughter? Like, what was that about at the end of season two? Not, no clue. But the, I mean, the fidelity thing is another thing that's just like off in the future, and I don't even know what we can possibly say about that. But like, what we did see is that is that it is a fact that because Bernard was there that. The man in black tried to shoot Dolores. His gun blew up. He was on the ground clutching his hand. Dolores and Bernard went into the forge. Then Dolores is killed by Bernard. And then Bernard comes out. And somehow, it would have to be Bernard doing something with the man in black. It couldn't even be Dolores. Because Bernard has to go back to the Mesa, print a body for Charlotte, put put Dolores's ball in it, and and do that whole thing. But how, what did Bernard do to the Man in Black? Like, where? How did that interaction go? I don't know. It's just that's never explained. <laughs> please, please stop mentioning season two. It makes my brain hurt. Like it's so goddamn I, convoluted. It's true, and there's so many things we haven't also found. Like, we still don't know who stole Maeve's brain. Like, I don't think it's actually going to be answered. <laughs> like, who stole Maeve's brain to bring it to Sarek? I mean, maybe he had his agents within, like, the Delos retrieval crew. Uh, he's the richest Just guy on the planet. A nobody stole the brain? I mean, hmm. fuck it. Why not? <laughs> uh, do you want to get to episode six? Yeah, yeah, okay. Maeve is placed back into the uh, War World simulation by Sarek, as well as Martin, who she questions about De- uh, Dolores' plans. Oh, 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 <laughs> sorry to cut you off. I just wanted to say one more time how fucking stupid it was that they brought Liam and Giggles and what was the other one? Ash. Ash around the whole episode when none of them had any function. They were just there for exposition for someone, for Dolores and, and Caleb to talk to. To ask questions, to be like, what does this mean? What is this? Yeah. Like, they, they provided no, they had no role, no role whatsoever. The characters are kind of fun in a sense, so I, I'll forgive it. I, I really don't mind those those guys. They, they, they're, they're, they're chill. I, I hope to see them one last time. But uh, All right, continue on. Okay. So Sarek plans to build a host body of Maeve. Reuniting with Hector and Lee, they discover that Dolores' copy planted inside Martin is also located in the simulation, and Maeve questions her of her plans for the future. However, Dolores recognizes Maeve's true intentions of seeking allies. In the real world, Charlotte tries to prevent Sarek from seizing Delos, and eventually resorts to poisoning the board and stealing the host data from Delos' server, which Sarek was going to destroy to find Dolores. In her escape from Sarek, she destroys Hector's control module and takes the Dolores' core, uh, Charlotte tries to save her ex and son Nathan. However, they are killed in a car explosion by Sarek, leaving Charlotte shard. <laughs> I, I like that. <laughs> Maeve wakes Char- up. <laughs> More like Charlotte. <laughs> ah, <you're> clever. <laughs> Maeve wakes up in a new host body and waits for a third host to wake up. Bernard and Stubbs find William at a mental institution where he's placed under therapy and fights different versions of himself. I don't, th- I don't, I don't know if I would use the word fight. Uh, realizing his true potential, <laughs> the duel pull William out of his state where the facility is shown to be abandoned after Dolores leaked the supercomputer's profile on everybody else. So we kind of covered this a bit. Uh, Men in Black, yeah. I thought they were going to 
permanently close out his story with him at the mental institution. But I think what you said about it being the outlier facility is correct. Yeah. It's uh, completely does like everybody in there don't look like crazy people because normally whenever in a movie or a show they cut to a, a mental asylum mm-hmm. you usually see that one person like bouncing his head like against the wall or something and you never see this here you right. saw that uh that uh the black guy the saying crying, how, the crying woman was about as close as you can get right it's not that, it's not that crazy the black guy in in the group meeting he was kind of saying how he feels like he doesn't belong and in like you know in the course of human history there's always there's always those people who are outliers themselves, who, right. who, who think outside the box. His problem seemed like general human ennui. Like it's, it was nothing too serious. You're just like, mm-hmm. oh, you sound like a regular person. <laughs> yeah. But so there's also another theory going around the internet. I, I kind of like this one. The thing they, the, the device they put in his uh, mouth um, yeah. to yeah. kind of control his mood some believe that that is Sarek's way of controlling the outliers and keeping them docile. Oh. By the way, did you also notice a cameo from um uh what's the guy's name? It's not Kosak. It's um it's the major from season two when Lawrence and Men in major, Black. Major, major Craddock, yeah. Major Craddock, yeah. Did you see him in there? Yeah, I mean they they made a big deal of out of it. I I'm not sure why. I mean. The Man in Black does have a whole run-in with Major Craddock, but like in the grand scheme of things, I don't see why Major Craddock would mean anything to to the Man in Black. So was it a, hallucina- a hallucination, a host, or it was definitely, maybe it was definitely a hallucination? Okay, because some people were saying it was a host that Sarek that Sarek has some hosts uh, hidden away. Or, but or I don't understand. Pearl. The fifth pearl is Major Craddock. Oh God, that'd be so lame. <laughs> I think I think the fifth pearl may have already been used. I was actually thinking the entire time that the fifth pearl was Charloris's uh, boyfriend Nathan. Um, wait, what's his mm. name? Nathan or Jake? I forgot. Nathan's his son. Or okay, Jake, the the guy, yeah. um, her her boyfriend or ex. I was thinking that maybe Dolores, as a contingency plan, just in case Charloris went, you know, and broke broke free. Um, she put the the other pearl within Jake, replaced him, and just to keep Charloris under watch. But mm. I guess that is not the case since both the boyfriend and son are dead. It seems. I mean, it seems like they got blown up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. By by the way, it's like they they had this whole after the episode thing about how much work they put into that one explosion scene for that car. It still looked fake. <laughs> 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 I was like, you guys put in a lot of time and money for something that didn't look that good. Ugh. I, I love how they they want um, they want to use hosts, but at the same time, that giant robot that allows uh, Charloris to escape. Oh, um, what a dumb scene! Yeah, uh, they could just use that. They could just have. They could just build plenty of those things fucking, to fucking stormtrooper logic where they're like freeze like you're in the middle of a war zone and all of a sudden you're like freeze he wants her alive then shoot her in the leg like she's a host put her put a million bullets in her then oh. you can rip out her brain speaking of which speaking of a million bullets in her um this is back to episode five which i felt i felt had more to talk about than six because mm-hmm. um, a good chunk of six was like William going through his thing, um, mm-hmm. him des- destroying his past self, is him finally letting go of the past. 
and just moving forward, which I kind of liked. Um, I, I, but I'm still not a fan of the Men in Black scenes. I really hope they have something planned I, with him. I, I think eh. it's more. I think it's more of the same, where you're just sitting there, like he's asking himself, like whether it be season one or season two or season three, he's asking himself these these meaningless questions that that and he's not asking himself even in a logical way you know and he's saying things that aren't really that aren't that don't make much sense mm-hmm. and he's searching he's searching for some sort of, he's on some sort of inner journey but we're not sure what it is cuz if you go through the series in in the first season he's trying to find <clears throat> what is real you know like he wants something that's true and in Westworld seemed more true than the real world. But then his wife said that he was really violent, so he went to Westworld and he acted super violent and killed May's family. So he proved he was violent. And you're like, you're sitting there going, what, what, are, you, what are you on a mission for? But he wants to find the center of the maze because that mission is the most real mission. And none of it, none of it really goes anywhere. And he... And then he gets disappointed because the maze is nothing. And then the second... It wasn't meant for him. That's essentially what uh, Ford told him. Maze was not for you. And then the second season, he's searching for the door on some sort of... And then he's trying to decide again, like, if if he has a choice or something. Why does he keep scratching his... Like, Charloris does the same thing. Um, She keeps scratching her... Her hand. Why is that? Well, the man in blacks makes sense. He lost two fingers, so he's feeling phantom fingers, and so mm, he's scratching, okay. itching, because his his phantom fingers. Um, I don't know why Charlotte keeps scratching. She feels that she's not comfortable in her skin. I don't know why she took off her bracelet. There's a scene where she takes off her bracelet, and you're like, "Huh, what's that about?" Right. And I don't know. I don't know what it was about. Um, but she was cutting herself, right? On the topic of her um, essentially being riddled with bullets, in episode five, Caleb sees that Dolores is riddled with bullets. And I got to ask, are, is the public at large not aware of Westworld? Like, are they not aware of the parks? Because I feel as though it would make more sense that only rich assholes are able to experience the park. But at the same time, like... Obviously, Caleb and people like him would not be rich enough to experience, you know, the parks, but is the public itself not aware of it? Like, I've, sad as this is, I've never, like, been to, like, you know, Disney World, but I know it exists. Right, I've never been to Disney World either. Oh, um, there you go. Common ground. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> no, my, my family went without me once. I was at camp. Wait, are you serious? <laughs> yeah, well, it was my father, my brother, and my sister. The um, I was at camp, and... My, you know, my father had a conference down in Orlando, so, you know, they went, and I never got to go. I mean, do you still want to go? Uh, I don't, I mean, I, I'm sure one day I'll I'll take a kid. It, it's, it's... You'll take a kid or your kid? I guess. I'm going to steal a kid and go. <laughs> but no, like, I've never been, but I know it exists. Does the public not know Westworld exists? They must know it exists, right? I don't think <clears throat> so. A place where you could go and do whatever you want to all these, like, androids? I mean, 
or these uh, cyborgs. I I don't whatever the fuck they are robots. I don't I don't yeah. think they do. I mean, wouldn't it make a great news story? <clears throat> but wouldn't the supercomputer like control the news as well? Yeah, I, who knows? I mean, they, they, it's a publicly traded. Ex, yeah, it's a publicly traded company. So, you know, the shareholders have to know about generally what they're doing. It's a theme park, and then there was all the news about the slaughter at the theme park. The public definitely knows. Mm, about, okay, well, then why is so they know that it's a theme park, but they know like there are like androids there that you can fuck and kill and do whatever the hell you want. Yeah, to. yeah, no, totally. Really? Huh. I mean, that's the, whole, that's the whole thing, right? Why else would there be a slaughter? I mean, you know, it must be, it must be interesting, though, to society being like, oh, man, these robots, like, rebelled and killed everybody, huh? We better, not, we better not build any robots. You'd think that the government would then come in and be like, okay, guys, ban on building robots. They keep coming alive and rebelling. Like, yeah. you, think, you think that immediately would be a thing. Like, politicians would be like, okay, we got to stop these, these robots. Speaking of which, have we seen any politicians so far? Like, no. have we seen the government so far? Because I don't... Is, is there even a government? Any, there has have, to be, of course. Have you seen any police? Is everything privatized? I would... I would think so. I. It, it's almost as though everything runs on such a squeaky clean wheel that you don't really need all these people to make things happen. They just happen. It's... I mean... It's the future, so why the fuck not, right? I guess it's just, yeah, just so many people have been slaughtered and machine guns out, you know, spraying that you'd think that a police officer would arrive. Like, know? for example, um, in uh, Star Trek, do, are, are farmers even necessary anymore? I mean, you could as a like, recreational activity, but with replicators, do you really need people to farm up ingredients? I guess. Like, gardening, mm. I'm sure, is once again a recreational activity, but... Do you really need, yeah. like, fast food workers in this future where you can just replicate a Big Mac in front of you? Right, and this is the big thing about technology. So there, there, are, there are little changes to technology that, like, say, the Segway, right, that, that didn't change really anything. Yeah, now we see, like, the Segs in the City tour or something, but for the most part, the Segway has been around 20 years, didn't do jack shit. And then there's, like, disrupting technology that changes everything. Like the cell phone. Like now people are paying with their smartphones. Mm -hmm. You know, there's apps, there are locations, and all, all the sorts of things. And so there's, there's certain technologies that, that change everything. So, like, replicator technology would be massively disrupting. All of a sudden you wouldn't need agriculture, you know. All so, these people would have jobs. Right. So there is the question of, okay, how many police do we need if everybody's got chips and they're getting followed around and, and the system knows. We probably need a Maybe they need, let's, let's say the argument is maybe we need fewer, um, which is why Dolores is able to use missiles to blow up cars in the middle of the city and two criminals can find her, but not a single cop. <laughs> yeah. Like, just... Blowing up, she blew up cars with missiles and then got onto the subway train and rode the subway for 12 hours. <laughs> 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 oh, 
well, you know, it's, I felt as though episode six was really just setting up the two-part finale. Because with Westworld, it's always the last two episodes. It's always a one-part, one two-part finale. Um, episode five had way more going on. Episode six, ah, a good chunk of it, I just really... I, I honestly wrote off the Men in Black because I thought his story was done. But I guess uh, Stubbs and Bernard found him it, it and was he's coming spinning, back. It was spinning wheels. Like, maybe it was fun... Uh, you know, seeing the man in black argue with himself and and have old William beat up young William, all that's fun. But, but like you know, the the journey of William and Logan was supposed to be a transformative journey. That he was he was such a milk toast kind of guy, and then he goes to Westworld, and he has this experience with Logan and Dolores, and all of a sudden he comes out a changed man, and now he's going to be a ruthless businessman. Um, and now we find out, no, actually, he was super violent. As a kid, yeah. As a kid from the beginning. That there was no transformation. Logan was just unaware. Mm. Know, that He was just holding it back the entire time. Yeah. I still don't understand like how Logan, who's a very cocksure type of character, comes in. He's like, yeah, William, yeah, yeah. And William stands up to him like one time and he's like... <gasps> Oh, now, now I'm gonna now I'm gonna become a drug addict and, and overdose. He stood up to me one time. <gasps> oh, oh no! <laughs> so dumb, so dumb. But uh, this yeah. episode, episode five, I was 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 cool with. You're right. The editing was a little off. Episode six really is just setting up uh, the dominoes, so everything else falls in place. It just annoys me how Sarek is. A very incompetent villain. I have to oh, wonder. It's just, it's just, it's frustrating. It's so, like, <laughs> at this point, we've watched so many episodes of like crews of men with machine guns running in and spraying a room and missing, you know, the people that it's just, it's just, it's so unsatisfying. I'd rather be watching a wall. Because like, <laughs> it's just, there's no tension. Like, well, I know I... they're not going to get hit, I know they're not going to get caught. Well, Dolores got hit, but does that really matter? Eh. Mm. You know, it's, yeah, it, I was actually very frustrated that they recovered Martin Dolores's, like, pearl. I'm like, oh, she couldn't even, ki- I couldn't even get a copy of her, her getting, getting killed. <laughs> you know, like, that, that actually destroys my theory that I thought it, Dolores took pearls from, like, Teddy and Clementine and, and uh, yeah. uh, uh, Angela and copied a bit of herself in those pearls and delete like I, I, i'm assuming she just deleted the personalities inside the pearls and just put a copy of herself in them yeah. but um the one big question now is what's what's the man in black what's he gonna do with Stubbs and, and bernard what's going on with charloris where what is she gonna do now is she gonna go after Sarek or is she gonna go crazy and somehow try to <laughs> yeah, take down I mean, Dolores? She, she's gonna be on a big revenge mission right you know because because the daughter the, the son was killed um, what was Dolores' reasonings for giving them feelings? Uh, that what is this all for? You know, that kind of... That's still not emo- a reason. Like Emotions just... emotions are what life is or something. That, that doesn't... She's still... I know, it's not, it's not fully explained. <laughs> she still should have given them feelings. But I, I have to say, like, did, did Sarek know Charlotte was a host the entire time? I think he found this is what's strange is how incompetent he is. I think he only found out when she called home and said like, "Okay, I'm coming for you." 
Because they're like, Charlotte would never call home. <laughs> she, she would. She, Charlotte's an asshole. She would never do something non-asshole-ish. Oh, my God. How oh my dare God. she? <clears throat> right. Even though, even though she was doing stuff that was very clearly um, suspicious the entire time. You know, like, like she arrives. She, she is acting like she's going to vote um, against Sarak until the other guy on the board is shot. Then she goes into a car calls Dolores, then she goes, acting suspicious, goes downstairs, copies a bunch of files, goes upstairs to her computer, copies a bunch of files, goes to her safe, pulls out a canister of poison gas, then calls her husband. And they're like, oh, <laughs> that's what did it. <laughs> Not going downstairs, copying a bunch of files, snapping a guy's neck, going upstairs, copying a whole bunch of other files, going to her safe and pulling out a canister of poison gas. Calling your husband. That's what tipped us off. Jesus Christ. This. <sighs> it, it, I, hmm. oh. <laughs> oh, my God. The, uh, <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Um, what do you think of Hector dying? Hector dying was a very low blow. Because I kind of liked the character. But at the same time, I, Hector has also kind of, like, lit. What what more can you do with Hector? Do you mm. think they're gonna put? This would be really fun, but do you think they're gonna put Lee Sizemore's personality into Hector's body? That would be so fucking hilarious. I would love <laughs> that because I was wondering who the third body was gonna be. Yeah, I mean now they have this extra body, right? Mm-hmm. So they got to put somebody in the body. But but Lee Sizemore is not a pearl. Like he's not he's not. No, but you know, simulated program or something. Mm. I don't know where they'd get the pearl. Right, because you need a pearl mm-hmm. to copy the personality onto, right? Yeah, I guess. I, I actually like Lee Sizemore's character. The character is is fun. I like his interactions with Maeve. And I will say, how many more, like, do you think this will be, the, the next season will be the last season? Because it's not confirmed whether it'll be a season four, but I'm, I'm going to go ahead and assume anyways. I think season four will be the last season, because... I can't yeah, I mean, if, if this season isn't the last, it would, I think four would be the last. I mean, this might be the last. HBO has proven they can end a series when it's like definitely over with Watchmen. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I think the big issue with Westworld is that it costs more money than it than it um than, than it just than to justify the viewership. Um, this season is clearly much cheaper, though. You think so? Well, unless they unless they wasted all their money on that fucking car explosion, <laughs> but. <laughs> But, they, you know, there's no Anthony Hopkins. Um, they saved all their budget then, because Anthony yeah. Hopkins, I'm sure, is a fucking bitch to get back in here. Right, that cash. and Alan Helms is, like, in two episodes so far. There's only It's an eight-episode season. You know, the cast is much smaller. Uh, you know, so... Jesse is, like, wasn't even in this episode. There's a lot of... There's a couple episodes he's not in. I've noticed that. Yeah, yeah. And I do wonder about that, if, if there are contracts with... with you know, I pay you by the episode, you know, like, mm. like with, you know, why the last seasons of Game of Thrones were so short, you know, that the actors come in and demand $5 million an episode and they go, fuck, I guess we're only doing six episodes. Yeah. Now I understand like a couple of uh, television companies are now doing this one thing where after the first season, they're going to continue on into like multiple seasons. They're going to be like paid a fixed number of, uh, 
uh, a fixed dollar amount for a certain number of episodes per season, no negotiation. You got to sign up yeah. front if you want to continue on. So I understand that now because we probably could have gotten more seasons of Game of Thrones, but Kit Harrington and Amelia Clark are in demand for shitty movies. That's true. That's true. I mean, nobody I mean, saw Pompeii or <laughs> The Terminator Salvation was kind of shit, but... I mean, it's kind of funny because there's usually like one star who's really, really valuable, but then for equity's sake, everybody else gets the money. Mm-hmm. Right? With, with friends, like Jennifer Aniston was the one that everyone cared about. Okay. You know, and, but everybody else is like, well, I guess we have to pay all of the friends the same amount of money. And you're like, no, you really just have to pay Jennifer Aniston. Like, but they all the came only... into an agreement that they would always pay the same amount. Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah. So. I mean, it's the same with like Big Bang Theory. Like, okay, the actor that plays Sheldon, he's the one that should get all the fucking money. Like, like. <laughs> if we had to pick that person, obviously it's Peter Dinklage. <laughs> That's true, probably. Yeah. Peter Dinklage or Lena Headey. It's a kind of a tie. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, Preston, back to Westworld. Can we wrap okay. up here? Sure, sure. So what did you um, what did you think of these episodes? Episode five was pretty cool. Six, eh. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I was very frustrated by five um, just because, I did, you know, we kind of knew this was coming. The, the impact was a little overstated. The characters, for the most part, just kind of stood around and talked to each other, like, you know, talked at each other. Um, I hated all of the action scenes. Uh, <laughs> Episode six, um, I, I hated all the action scenes again. Uh, I thought it was mildly amusing, all of the, the Man in Black scenes, though I don't think they, they went anywhere or added to the plot at all. Um, I, I was more interested in the Maeve stuff. Yeah, um, I agree. And understanding that. like Maeve's motivation and when she finally faces off against Dolores. like. I will say that was a cool scene where they they don't hate each other, but unfortunately they're against each other. Yeah. I mean, I felt that the most compelling uh, scene was, was Maeve sitting down with Dolores and having that conversation and having that tension about how their causes um, are against each other. And what's funny is that nothing really happens. You know, they're just sitting in two chairs, like talking to each other. And I felt that was one of the strongest scenes, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, overall, can't wait for the last. Actually, I was I was thinking about this uh, earlier today. I I made a video uh, as to why I wasn't excited for Westworld season three. Now I'm kind of excited for the finale. It's been a lot better than season two, and uh, so far the show hasn't been that bad. I'd I'd like Bernard and Stubbs to do something. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean like I get frustrated because because I, I try to make sense of everything and it's right. it's very convoluted, but. I mean, it's it's still fucking really fun. Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't I don't look for <laughs> like, like my my love hate of Westworld is incredible. Like I do love the show, but I hate the show. But I love the show. You you I just think, love you can't help but overanalyze a lot of things. And this is the perfect show for like if the showrunners are really douchey, they can fuck with you. They can fuck with you. Yeah, I mean it's a show that it's it's a show that asks to be overanalyzed. But, but it doesn't really stand up to the analysis. Um, but I think it's I think it's still great. There, you know, I, I really look forward to the next episode and, and seeing what happens. And I have no idea what's going to happen. Every episode, I'm like, 
oh, geez, they're going there. That's really crazy. Like, I didn't know they were going to kill a kid at the end of this episode. Yo, oh, yeah, that caught me by surprise. Yeah, that, that was out of nowhere. That caught me by surprise a little bit, so... <laughs> Right. I was more annoyed that, like, Charlotte, Charlotte Dolores crawled out of the car. I would have been like, oh, God. Just can't kill it. Like, that guy really just walked away. He blew up the car and then just walked away. <laughs> didn't even didn't stick see, around to see. Didn't even stick around, like, 30 seconds to see Charlotte get out of the car. Does, doesn't he know that there aren't cops in this fucking world? He could just stick around for a while and see what happens. Right. Like, it's a host. Like, make sure it's dead. Like, like... Uh, Are they aware <laughs> that they're fighting hosts? They have to be, right? You think? It's like I don't see how it hurts to tell people that you're fighting a host. Hmm. Well, Preston, thank you so much for joining me on this episode <laughs> of the Westworld Westcast podcast, guys. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back next time with episode eight and nine. Um, yeah, Preston, do we have any more videos in the pipeline besides... Because Westworld's wrapping up soon, so what's next on the slate? Uh, more Fire and Blood, of course. More Fire and Blood. Um, I'm still... I'm finishing prepping for winter, working on that. Um, but yeah, I think we're, we're going to do that. I was, and I'm, after we do our, our podcast on, on um, Fire and Blood, I'm thinking about uh, going back in more detail and doing some videos on, on Fire and Blood. Oh, um, so we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Mm -hmm. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Have a good one.